0: Welcome into episode 28 of Hometown Threads on 14WILI 95.3 FM and Willimantic Today Facebook. It's Keith C. Rice, and of course, uh, Hometown Threads comes your way courtesy of our good friends at Liberty Bank B Community Kind. Just making sure I had the right mug. Uh, with three great local locations West Main Street, Willimantic, Gateway Commons. Say hello to my wife, Marianne Gargoni. Uh, right across the street here, 679 Main Street in Willimantic, Angela Smart, the manager over there, and then Route 195 in Mansfield. Liberty Bank, be community kind. J. Matt Rupar, if you wouldn't mind, say hello to the fine folks. Hello. A big thanks to everyone who uh, makes this show possible. According J. Ma- uh, of course, J. Matt Rupar as well, and the folks at Willamantic Today Facebook, uh, Hometown Threads airs every Tuesday, five oh five to five thirty, right here on WILI, and then. Uh, Tomorrow night, Wednesday nights, we usually uh, pin it atop the page of Willimantic Today Facebook, so you can watch it, you can listen to it. We uh, we've been doing it since mid-November. We bring in longtime business owners, we bring in community members and neighbors who've got great stories to share. And for episode 28, it's a pleasure to bring in Kathleen Kreider! Who I get to see on a monthly basis because she comes in to record her uh, commercial for Community Partners Group. We'll get into that as well. I thought Tom White had a long title last week. Let's see if I can get this right here. Uh, Kathleen Kreider is part of the, um, you work at Access Community Action Agency, Senior Director of Community Engagement and Resource Management. Nice job. You did it. (laughs) Well, before we get into the, you know, Kathleen growing up in these parts, how we usually start the show, your hometown threads, where does Community Partners Group fit in with what you do with Access Community Action Agency? Right. So
1: the Community Partners Group, see, I sound like I'm on the radio. The Community Partners Group. I know. I feel like I'm hearing a uh, commercial. <laughs> is a uh, group of nonprofit agencies in this community, WAME, uh, Perception Programs, CHR, Access Community Action Agency, uh, perce- did I say perception generations? We can run the commercial, if you right? That, uh, and <laughs> and WILI, and together we do a monthly public service announcement, so that people in community know what's going on with the various uh, nonprofit agencies. So it's just a, a public service announcement about where people can get services, and what's happening. So like this month, we just recorded about WAME, the Wyndham mm-hmm. Area Interfaith Ministry, and all the terrific services that they have. And we just do this on a monthly basis, and we are funded, this is important, by the Jeffrey and Family Foundation and WILI.
0: Very important. See, that, that's usually at the end of the spot. And I, I gotta say, and I'm not just saying this because I see Kathleen on a monthly basis, and not just because you're the guest of episode 28 here of Hometown Threads, but you have, I've told you this before. I love your delivery. She speaks clearly and effectively. And we definitely agree on this. And you got, you're in my head, When I, I think it was a couple months ago, you said, I can't stand when people say, and I, I agree with you, Willamantic. Oh, Willamantic. So now I know what happens. I'm guilty. I've said it. It slips out. It's Yes, There is a T. And that's why... <laughs> I caught myself at the beginning of the show, and I said, Willimantic today. That's right. Because I've watched previous shows, and I'm like, oh, I thought of Kathleen, she's going to kill me if she ever sees this. It's not Willimantic. <laughs> it's spelled with a T at the that's end. Right. Willamantic. That's
1: right. It's that's, romantic
0: r- Willimantic. That's right. We're just getting started here with Kathleen Kreider, and what we usually do at the top of every show is tell us about growing up in the area. Did you grow uh, You grew up in Coventry, or was it Willimantic? Willimantic.
1: Right. So to be clear, I am from
0: Wisconsin. Ooh, see, I, did, I see her every month. But I didn't know right. All right. Right. Uh,
1: but in 1971, uh, my family moved from Madison, Wisconsin, to Willimantic. My dad took a position, his his postdoctoral position at Yukon, and we moved to the other side of the river. Uh, 343 Pleasant Street is where oh. I grew up. So this is. I, I am a total townie. This is, <laughs> I got the t-shirt. This is, I shop and loiter in Willimantic. This is the community that I am most associated with. This is where my heart is. What uh, year again did you? In 1971. 1971. Right. So I bought my shoes at um, Prague's. What, what was it? was it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't called oh, yeah. When, yeah the the shoe store there i mean like all like ben this Ben's Eagle? Yeah, Ben's ben. Eagle, right? I went to Bev's. I mean like this was this was where i hung out and i lived on the other side of the river so i walked over the footbridge all the time. I got donuts at Mario's bakery. Okay, we believe I was, you. I was at the Y. you know. That was a great place. And then in the early 80s in 1979, which is actually the late 70s, my mother remarried Skip Walsh, Robert Skip Walsh, who was a state representative at the time and we moved to Coventry.
0: Your mom married Skip Walsh. He, she did, and we know that name. So, um, yeah. well, I, before we get to the Skip Walsh story, that's a big, big story. It's a big, big story. Where did you tell us about your education uh, growing up here yeah. in the area? <clears throat> so, uh, I'm one of
1: those really fortunate people. I got to go to Kramer. I got to I got to go Sorry. to Noble School.
0: I oh, walked. You went to Noble. Okay. I
1: went to Noble, and then I got to. So I I say with you know with eat with my educational development, I just walked further and further from home. So I started at Noble School, I then went to Kramer, I was one of the last, I was in the last sixth grade class at Kramer. Uh-huh. And then I started my freshman year, I finished my freshman year at Wyndham High, and at the end of my freshman year we moved to Coventry, so I graduated from Coventry High School in 1982. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And ultimately wound up at UConn, but there's a little gap, I took some time off to just do stuff.
0: That little gap, you're just trying to figure out where you wanted to go, what you wanted to do, all that stuff. Oh, a lot Pretty of people do that. Yeah. We all do that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what was it? Would you like to enjoy Coventry High School? Coventry's a nice little town.
1: Coventry's a great little town. I'm super psyched that I live there now, which is ultimately long, long story that I won't bore you with. That is where I wound up. I bought my mother's house and I raised my kids in Coventry. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it wasn't a... I mean, I, I loved living in Willimantic right? I mean, I I love living in Willimantic. So the move to Coventry was necessary. It wasn't something I had a choice about. I have great friends from Coventry. Today, I can hang out with the men and women that I graduated with. And that feels really important to me. I also have Really good friends from my time in Willimantic too. So well, this
0: should is, bring them all over to Rocks and Wings absolutely. at Bidwell Tavern. Get them all together. At, Willimantic and Coventry. This
1: has been a this has been a really rich life. And then I also spent four years living in the Mountain West and on the West Coast. Really? Yeah. And so that's also a really rich and important time. What so.
0: uh, what were those years like? From when to when?
1: Yeah. So I uh, started at UConn in 1986. Six or five or something like that. This is ancient history, and but those in between years, I lived in Boulder, Colorado. I lived in Santa Cruz, California. Really? Yeah, and I just
0: beautiful part of the country. Yeah, oh. you know,
1: I just did outdoor things. I rock climbed and I went and I ran and I met people and I played ultimate frisbee and I listened to great music. Really? And I, yeah, I had it was it was a. It was a it was a terrific time. What
0: kind of, what's your kind of music? I never asked yet, what's, oh. your, what's your genre?
1: Yeah, you know, it's all over the place actually. <laughs> very um, It's very eclectic. I was just at the Green River Festival up in uh, Greenfield, Mass. Which is a sort of a Americana indie folk rock kind of thing. And then in August, I'm going to see Pink.
0: Get out of yeah. here. I'm I have so a picture sorry. of me and Pink. I met Pink. Did you? Yeah, I'll show you nice. a picture. Yeah. Nice,
1: nice. That's cool. Yeah, good for you. I'd love to meet
0: Pink. So that's great. You have a wide range of Oh yeah, oh, it's all beautiful. over the map. Wow. So we're talking with Kathleen Kreide here, episode twenty eight of Hometown Threads on fourteen W I L I, ninety five point three FM and Willimantic today, Facebook. Watch next week the next episode, Willimantic. So all right now what you decided what brought you back east? College.
1: Oh, okay. It just I just realized after having all kinds of fun 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 fun, actually it was because of some of the fun that I was having that I sort of figured out what I wanted to do. And I had I was spending a lot of time in the sort of alternative sport world: uh, bicycle racers, uh, rock climbers, marathon runners. Boulder, Colorado, is a real hotbed for uh, elite level athletes of a variety of different kinds. So I, you know, was spending time with people on Wheaties boxes. Not that I understood that at the time, but I was sort of getting this this inkling that. This was kind of a cool world to hang out in. I am not an athlete. I'm, I'm a participant, but I'm certainly not competitive. And so I thought, well, how how could I spend the rest of my life hanging out with athletes? And I also still to this day have this sort of fascination with human potential, especially physical potential. And so I came back to the University of Connecticut and got my degree in sports medicine and spent 20 years as an athletic trainer. So delivering medical care to athletes.
0: Again, another thing I don't think I knew about Kathleen Kreider.
1: Well, you could think of it as a pretty good sized bridge in regards to sports medicine and now I work for a nonprofit, right? So like, how does that? You know where I'm
0: going with that. So, okay, you did sports medicine and it sounds like you enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. What what did, what happened? One morning you woke up and said, hey, "I'm done with this?" Well, if you
1: think about sports and I know you do, um, so they they typically happen in the afternoons or the evenings or on the weekends and there's often travel involved. I'm
0: sensing schedule conflicts here.
1: It's really hard to be a parent with that kind of lifestyle. Uh-huh. And um, after a really long time, I it just shifted for me that you know after taking care of all of these other people's kids, and I ended my career at Wyndham High, so I I, I had five outstanding years as the athletic trainer at Wyndham High School, working with Bob Haddad, working with rest, Becky Howard. Rest in peace, Bob. Oh, Howard. absolutely. Bob I mean, just you know, Brian Creden. Just yeah, an fine. incredible staff of people. Sebby Randazzo was there. Sebi, uh, yes, it was Gary a guest, yeah. uh, Gary Dobbs. Yes, there was just it was a terrific, terrific place to be, and a terrific parent group. Uh, And terrific kids. And, and one day, a a parent, a father said to me, as I'm walking off the field, I got all my stuff. And he said, every time I see you down there, I feel so much better. And it just hit me really hard that this was a, pretty intense responsibility and i have my own kids at home and i'm not paying good enough attention to them i mean it's seven o'clock at night it's 10 o'clock at night it's saturday morning it's sunday afternoon the chronicle classic all during the christmas break you know it's like i'm just not home and i needed to go home
0: so it was that particular parent that kind of gave you a little wake-up call or Mm -hmm. or a calling Mm -hmm. so okay so and what year did you leave wyndham again or
1: Oh boy! Oh boy! Boy. Let's see. Asa was born in 1998, so probably
0: 2000. I had no idea you were. You worked with all those people. A lot of those mm-hmm. people I know as well. And um, mm-hmm. but so okay, 1998.
1: Yeah. One of one <laughs> of my son Asa's first, like, babysitters, if you will, was Nick Nassif, Sue Nassif's wow. son. Jeez. Yeah, he was a student at Wyndham <sighs> High, and for him, it was like babies and puppies and nothing. Like he was like can I have another one of these? He'd take Asa out, you know, in his little stroller or his little carrier and and all of the Wyndham High girls, oh, Nick, look at this baby. And Nick's like, I've never had this much attention in my life. You know, Kathleen, get me another one. So, (laughs) so, yeah, so I I think it was, I think Asa was probably about two, two or three when I left. So somewhere in the 2000, 2001, something like that.
0: So is that what, led you to the nonprofit world or you left athletics and like, okay, I got to, I got to think of something else. Like what, how did it all, what was the transition? Yeah.
1: So first I went home and spent some time at home and then the, and then, Right, so I went home to take care of my kids and then I realized, yeah, I'm not very good at taking care of my kids. Right. Well, I need to go priority. do something go, go else. take care of the right. kids, right. You know, right. I wasn't the most graceful mother to young children, so <laughs> I thought, okay, we can figure this out. And and by that point, Asa was ready to enter into um, first, or kindergarten, I guess, or preschool, and I got a job at Mount Hope Montessori School. Uh-huh, okay. Over in Mansfield, in Mansfield, right near Mansfield Hollow, right down in there on Bassett's Bridge Road. Is that and... Oak Grove now, or? No, Oak Grove is a whole oh, nother another school. Okay. Yeah. Right. there Yeah, we are very fortunate this community is super fortunate. Two banging Montessori schools, really great. There's yeah. actually great early care and education here in this area. So, um, so I got a job at Mount Hope, and eventually, pretty quickly, became the director. And I spent t- so my kids' really young years, ten years, working as the director of that school. This is perfect. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Perfect for me. Young kids, single mom, perfect. Great supportive environment, really lovely. And then from there, I got a job in the town of Mansfield as their early childhood services coordinator. I then moved to, very briefly to Eastcon. Well, so you jumped around a little there. Well, it, it, the jumping around became a little bit more intentional. Like I was gathering this sort of nonprofit early education sort of skill sets. I'm sort of a generalist, that's for sure. And then eventually took a job at Access under a grant, a planning grant, so it wasn't supposed to have lasted as long as it has, um, but got very fortunate early on in that process to be tapped into a senior director's position, and I've now been at Access for about
0: six years. Wow. I keep thinking you've been there longer. So um, I do want to get back to the story about your mother and Skip Mm -hmm. Walsh and all that. Uh, We're talking with Kathleen Kreider here on 14 WI line, 95.3 FM, Willimantic Today Facebook, uh, brought to you by Liberty Bank, Be Community Kind. Tell us a little about uh, starting off at uh, Access, and then we'll uh, we'll get into your mom and Mm -hmm. all that stuff.
1: Yeah, so I I came to access under a planning grant. We um, were the United Way of uh, Central and Northeastern Connecticut had come to access uh, with with some planning dollars to put together a program that was specifically designed to help under or uh, unemployed individuals find their way, meaning in a meaningful way, back into the, into the work environment. So we had to design a program to do this, and we spent a bunch of time in community talking with employers, talking with funders, talking with nonprofit leaders about what a good employee looks like, and what are the skill sets that employers wanted these people to have. When you're hiring staff, what do you want them to know? And I remember Bill Potvin, Oh, yeah. Saying to me from Hosmer Mountain Soda, saying to me, I don't need you to train them for what I do for a living. I do that. What I need you to do is get them to come to work, to value what I value, to no. think that my job is a good job.
0: Another hometown threads guest, Bill a- Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and I said to Bill, and he said, and I don't think you can do that. Because I don't he think did. he did. He said, I don't think you can train people to have values. And I said, but I think I can connect people back to their values if they've lost them. And if you've been under or unemployed for potentially some pretty, pretty good-sized reasons for a long period of time, you may be disconnected from your value system. So we designed Access to Employment, which is the shortest version of the long story, and um, for many, many years uh, put people through an 11-week, twice, uh, four hours, two nights a week program that gave them fi- some financial training, some computer training, you know, basic skills, getting back into the workforce, how do you send a proper email, what should your outgoing voicemail message sound like if you're waiting for a potential employer to call you. Wow, all that basic stuff. Basic things like this, also some budgeting, but not budgeting like um, how do you balance your checkbook I haven't balanced my checkbook in years. Um, what's a checkbook? I mean, what's a checkbook, right? <laughs> But rather, what does it mean to live paycheck to paycheck? How do you move beyond that? Why is your credit score important? When you go to work every single day over a long period of time, how does that improve your life, the life of your family? What do you give to your community and yourself when you're you work not, like that?
0: You yourself, you're not teaching this. You have yeah, people. No, those,
1: yeah, yeah. You are. Myself I and a thought, staff. I thought you
0: employed those people. To, okay. No,
1: we train these people. And then we also spend a lot of time on interpersonal like the value, like the Bill Potvin thing. How do I get people to connect to the value of meaningful work? And what it means to
0: go to work. Every did you ever day. employ, um, actually, get somebody to work at Hauser Mountain? Here no, you go, Bill. We never,
1: <laughs> never got anybody, not that I know of. But yeah. we did. Um, a, another part of the program was to help people into jobs, and okay. Access also does that. So we, you know, our case managers, at, our employment case managers at Access, and the Access to Employment program worked in concert to help people find jobs.
0: This is great. We're learning about Access for those of you who are not familiar with that either. And you're the uh, Senior Director of the Community Engagement Resource Management, mm-hmm. so it all kind of goes together, mm-hmm. right? Yep. okay Now let's get into the like, a little personal side. Sure You're about to say uh, earlier in the episode here in the show you're about to get into your mother is married to Skip Walsh, right? Let's let's hear that story and of course Skip Walsh a lot of people know that name around here Sure, I, I will take a little
1: sidestep and say my mother was also married to Bruce Bellingham.
0: That's right, right? Yes <laughs> She's married to Bruce Bellingham, too, is also a big name. Right.
1: right. The big joke right. in our family is don't marry my mother. Doesn't work out well for you. <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> How's she doing by the way? My mother's doing was... Yeah, thank you for asking. Okay. All kidding aside, she's doing great. Okay. Yeah, okay. she is. She's about to turn eighty. Oh, God and, bless her. um and she's doing great. Um, so right. So my mother was married to Robert Skip Walsh, a three-time state representative representing, I think at the time it was the 53rd, maybe the 52nd. I don't remember district. Certainly Coventry was part of that. Up Route 6 and over Bolton in that direction. Uh, my mom and Skip were coming home from work in December one night, and Skip was killed by a driver on Route 6. My mother was injured in the accident, but she's fine today. So you know this was startling and tragic. And actually, this radio station plays a really big. Peace holds a big piece in our story. Um, so certainly, the immediate family knew what had happened. My mother was taken to Wyndham Hospital. Uh, this was on a, I believe, a Monday night. So at that time, Wayne Norman was on air with Danny Chun. Danny Chun, longtime okay. long time news director. Yep. Yeah, And I'm my mother's at Wyndham, skips dead. I'm at my mother's house, and I'm listening to the radio. And I'm
0: sorry. How old are you at this point? I am.
1: Not roughly. yet 30, 28. Okay. My brothers are about to turn 21. I'm oh. 28 years old. And Danny Chun announces Skip's death on air. And about four seconds later, the phone rings at my mother's house. And at some point, I'm going to say an hour later, my memory's not that good. I, I in between calls, call a friend and say, you, you have to come over and make coffee. I've been standing with the coffee pot in my hand for an hour, the phone has not stopped ringing. Oh my God. So oh my God. when we think about this whole moment in time, it goes right back to WILI and Danny and, um, and the support from the community, Wyndham Hospital, keeping my mother in the ICU beyond required because the switchboard was lighting up and just, you know, a tremendous community outreach. I think that the part of the story that is most important for people to hear is, right, you know, Skip was, at the time, uh, there had been 21 deaths on Route 6 in 10 years. So, at the time. At the time. Oh, my God. And uh, so from that, my mother, who is a community activist and a community member, uh, she turned her grief into action and uh, created an organization called Safe Six, which was sort of a round table of all of the important entities along that 11 mile stretch. And they gained uh, very national attention. My mother was in magazines and on television really? talking about all of this. And the outcome of that, the, the outcome of the tragedy was that we now have left hand turn lanes all along that 11 mile stretch, the big signage that says, headlights on for safety at all wow. times. They had put in some some policing pull so that Uh, if people needed to pull over for good and bad reasons, they could. Um, But all of those safety measures on Route 6, which had sort of languished after the I-84 East thing that never came through, really came together. Route 6 really came together and it became a much safer road. And I I can't speak statistically, but if it was more than two deaths a year, why don't th- I mean, I think we're down to less than one in five years,
0: Definitely. right?
1: And no death is okay. Um, but tremendous change to that 11 mile section. And we're talking about the Route 6 uh, West section, uh, Colum- you know, Willimantic to Bolton yeah. uh, and so, so while it was tragic for our family and for the community a lot of really good things came out of it yeah,
0: that's definitely a good way to put it um, yeah. and, and Kathleen, I know you're a little bit older than me but we were talking about this before how I remember this as a kid again I can't remember how old I was um, the the uh, the expressway that uh, yeah. that 84 was going, East. yeah mm-hmm. that we thought and again I wish I could remember how old I was when this was happening you might have a you might remember better than I can. I really thought at one point that was going to go through, and we were going to have mm-hmm. an actual expressway, mm-hmm. you know, instead of what we have now, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. That it's safer, mm-hmm. but that expressway wouldn't have been a bad thing, right? I mean, I know wetlands well, and everything. A lot of, lot of, went, a lot more went into it, but
1: yeah, a lot of competing interests along that that section. I think if you look at it purely from an economic development perspective, it's certainly it's sort of like the movie Cars. Yep. Right when the when the 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 highway the the major way goes around the community and what was the byway is no longer the access road the community suffers so because we don't have access into Willamantic except on Will this on Route six which is one lane in each direction with all this stuff going on right I mean talk about all the ins and outs, all of the the turns that people have to make and school buses and and, uh, there's post offices and libraries on that road. It is not an expressway. And so Willimantic as a destination kind of gets overlooked because there's no easy way in and out of this town. It's not easy to Hartford. It's not easy to Providence. It's not easy to Boston. The expressway, we don't know, but it might have done something about that.
0: Well said, well said. All right, we uh, actually have about a minute minute or so left here of Hometown Threads, episode 28 with uh, Kathleen Kreider here on WILI and uh, Willamantic Today Facebook. Uh, any final words or people you'd like to thank during this journey that you've been through so far?
1: Well, there's no question. For the people who know me, then they know my mom. And uh, you know, as a as a community member, my mother was worked at Window Hospital in development. She was the executive director of Perception Programs. She's been on Wayne's show many, many times. She's a UConn women's basketball fan to mm-hmm. her core, uh, and has certainly dedicated a lot of her uh, passion and her values back to this community. And that has made a big difference for me too. We are different, and we are similar, and I appreciate both our differences and our similarities. Wonderful. So.
0: Well done. Glad to have you in here.
1: Thank you. All thank right. you for asking.
0: Kathleen Kreider, our guest for episode 28 of Hometown Threads on 14WILI and Willimantic Today Facebook. A uh, big thanks to Liberty Bank, B Community Kind, my man Jay Matt Rupar behind the board. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And thank you, Kathleen. And in the words of the great Roddy McCumber, bye for now, folks. Bye for now.